the blast from our past network. <laughs> Antoine got a little hot under the collar. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> Had you ever heard of the healing power of laughter? <laughs> now get out of here! You heard him, let's go! Stupid, move it! Move it! And think it over. <laughs> Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and this week we are covering the movie Batman. Dean, how's it going? Tim, it's going great. I am so excited to cover Batman and to cover it with my number one guy. guy. That's you, Tim. You're the number one guy. I always thought he said, and Bob, remember, you're my number one and I. <laughs> and then he just lets Bob go. And I'm like, why didn't he finish his sentence? I'm like, man, that Joker is kooky as fuck. That guy is kooky. He doesn't even, he finish, even finish sentences. He doesn't even finish. I only recently, maybe as recent as this last viewing, wow, realized he said, ah, guy. Guy. Tim, did you know that he's being Jack Palance? Because that's what Grissom says to him earlier in the movie. Oh, no, I didn't. That's awesome. He's doing a Jack Palance right there. It's so that good. That is awesome. I yeah. love this movie. I'm so excited it to do this movie this week. rules. <laughs> yeah. Man, I saw this sucker in the theater. I was, Whoa. I mean, this hit me right in the sweet spot. I was like 10 yeah. years old, um, you, you know, looking forward to this one months and months ahead of its release. I saw it in theaters. I loved it. The next um milestone after seeing it in the theater always was when can i get this on vhs i want to be able to watch it whenever i can i got it yeah, for man. christmas on vhs i was so excited i went right home uh we were at the the grandparents i got it there oh yeah yeah i went right home i watched it as much as i could that night i watched it the next day i watched it every day after that for i don't know how many times yes. I still have my VHS. It is worn out in places. I've run yes. it so much. Audio has like melted away. And I just love that <laughs> I love VHS. That. I was so excited to get this movie on VHS. And this is just, I'm so excited to be doing this. That's awesome, man. That is so good. I, for me, I mean, you watching it all the time just would have bled into me watching it all the time because I, I don't remember the first time I watched it. I just remember always knowing it. I just I remember knowing this movie. So I think we just would watch it all the time. And whether I just sat in for a couple uh, a couple minutes here and there or if I was allowed to watch the whole thing with you, I don't know. But uh, I just remember everything, everything about the movie. I remember having like 
uh, just strong feelings about. I was scared of uh, certain parts in the movie for sure, sure um, because I think I was watching it pretty young. Um, if you were ten when you went to theaters, like I was, I was very young. So uh, by the time you had the VHS, I was probably seeing this thing when I was like five, <laughs> watching you watch it when I was when I was five years old. So right, uh, yeah, awesome. Now, this bad boy was released in 1989 with a budget of $48 million, and it grosses $411 million. Amazing. Nice. Amazing. That budget of $48 million, I'm pretty sure Jack Nicholson made more than that off this movie. I think he made he more than $48 million off this movie because of the sick deal he cut. Um, yeah. But yeah, this movie crushed the box office it was so huge in a summer and a year with a ton of gigantic movies it crushed it it did it sure did like that's incredible 400 million dollars 400 million in, in 1989 it is batman though it's like it is batman but it is batman and it's the first like big batman like studio batman movie yeah other than pow sock bam from the 60s yeah but that's not a that wasn't a what big a movie major that was just a motion picture that was what a major motion picture yeah it had shark all the repellent. bad guys that's almost shark it. repellent yeah or, yeah 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 it did have all the bad guys it was great what a great movie i like that one now directed by tim burton i don't think we need to yeah, talk man. about him music by danny elfman i don't think we need to talk about him written by sam ham we should talk about this guy this guy okay. writes the story for this movie, Batman, and for Batman Returns, which is pretty much all he did. Really? That's basically it. That's it. Sam Hamm. That's all. Maybe he's like a Burton guy. He did like um, an honorary DC comic after this. They were like, oh, since okay. you did Batman and Batman Returns, we'll let you write one of our comics. But that was it, dude. Now, Perseverance got this guy this job. Uh, he had a deal at Warner Brothers in the mid 80s because they had bid on a spec script that he wrote and but they like nothing much came of it. But they kind of had him like, you know, sort of under contract because of that. And he heard about this Batman movie coming up and he said for six months, he just pestered everyone he met at Warner Brothers to let him write the story until it finally worked. That's the way to do it right there. He, he, at the time, he was basically just a comic book fan, but had yeah. strong, he, he read the script that they had at the time for Batman, which was very different than this one. And okay. he thought he could do it way better. He had some really different ideas and he shared those ideas and just kept pushing himself and he got it. Tim Burton invited That's him amazing. into his office one day and said, so do you really want to do this movie? That's amazing. That makes me think, like, I wonder if they even thought it was going to do well. Because, like, Burton is also very new. He's done two movies at that point, and I think they signed him on to Batman before Beetlejuice came out. So they didn't even know that he could make a huge hit, I don't think. Um, he was signed on to Batman after Pee-wee's Big Adventure yeah. because of how much money it made. And then Batman was finally greenlit because of Beetlejuice. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. 
but yeah, like I, I guess I guess if he comes out of the gate with two big big hits, then they're like, okay, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make our Batman movie. He's the hot thing right now. So that does make sense. But yeah, having the having the script written by you know just a guy who won't give up pestering everyone to write it is kind of fantastic. It is fantastic. Uh, I forgot to mention in the opening, Dean. Since I got this movie on VHS at Christmas, this is a Christmas movie for me. Yes, Tim. That's all you need is any small connection to Christmas. Yes, I get that. You 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 threw this out as Christmas content, and I didn't quite understand, but I was on board for sure. I'm never going to say no to Batman. Yeah, well, we should say this is our first episode of December. And exactly. Listen, what do we do in October? We do scary content. What yeah. do we do in November? There's no theme. We just do whatever. Whatever. <laughs> what do we do in December? It's holiday content. Okay? Yes. So you can expect a month of Christmas movies. Yeah. Whatever Holly that means. Holly Jolly Movies, which is this movie. Yeah. This, so you know, the Christmas connection is I got the VHS at Christmas. Therefore, Christmas. it is one of the best Christmas movies out there. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Now, total banger of a cast here. You've got Jack Nicholson as Jack Napier in The Joker. You've got Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne in Batman. You've got Kim Basinger as Vicky Vale. You've got Robert Wool as Knox. Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. Amazing. Michael, I think it's Go as Alfred. I say Goff, but I don't think that's right. I don't know. It's one of those things like when I was young, I called him Go. Yeah. So it's like, good luck changing it now. Right. Yeah. You're stuck with it now because you've just been saying it for years. That's right. And Jack Palance as crime boss Carl Grissom. Amazing. Tim. Great cast. By my count, if I've got it right, there are five Oscars amongst that group. Yeah. Well, which but, is, but who's counting, eh? Yeah. Nicholson, I think, has three. Uh, Basinger has one. And Palance has one. And Keaton has a nomination. He didn't win, but... Um, that's five in this cast. That's pretty good. That's pretty it's good. amazing. Yeah. Um, I wonder how many came before this movie. Maybe two? Um, Maybe Palance and Nicholson? No, Palance is after. I think City Slickers is after. Um, Basinger it, it is... is yeah. Basinger would have um, been after. LA Confidential, which is after. Right, way after. And so Jack, I think, has two before this. Because I think yeah. as good as it gets is after this. And everything else is before. Terms into terms of endearment is before, yeah. So two, two by this movie. Now, Dean, as with most blockbuster movies, numerous A-list actors were cast before getting to Keaton, such of as yeah, such as Mel Gibson. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. Such as Kevin Costner. No, no, thank you. Okay, I could see it. Charlie Sheen. No, no, thank you. Tom Selleck. No, without a mustache? No, thank you. No. With the mustache, yes. <laughs> With the mustache, yes? Yeah. With the mustache, yes. Bill Murray? No. No, thank <laughs> As you. As Batman? Yeah, well, in- it's interesting. No we way. have the same... I feel like we have the same vibe with Keaton, but no, thank you. Harrison Ford? Yep. I'll take it. I mean, as a Batman, yeah, but... Yep. I don't know. I don't know. And Dennis Quaid? Yeah, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, 100% Quaid. I'll take Quaid Coke? any day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Co- coked up Batman? Coked up Batman? Yes, please. I need it. Oh, that's what we haven't had yet is coked up Batman. And I think (laughs) I'd be down with that. 
Get Quaid now as coked up Batman. Right. Yeah. Warner Brothers wanted Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Yeah, I could I could see that. While Tim Burton wanted Willem Dafoe. No way. No, I see. I mean, Willem Willem Dafoe would have been an awesome Joker, but not Batman. Yeah, that's that's the vibe Burton's going for here with the Keaton, though. I think is just like the kind of kind of weird Batman, like the the kind of insane Batman. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't actually know what he's going for here. That is kind of what he does, though. Yeah, he is like the Batman who's like right on the edge, right on the edge. He's right on the edge. He doesn't know how to interact with people. It seems like. Now, the casting of Keaton created a lot of controversy because by this time in his career, he had basically already become typecast as a comedic actor and people doubted his ability to play a serious role. And Warner Brothers received 50,000 protest letters from angry nerds. (laughs) I love angry nerds. 50,000, dude. 50,000. That's so many. That's so many. Man, uh, the nerds wanted more Batman 60s content. They did not want this uh, darker Michael Keaton kind of weird hmm. style that they felt they were going to get. Like the dark comedy. They wanted the light comedy. Like, I think these letters came in after the previews uh, of the movie started to come out and they realized it was going to be a darker take. And the huh. nerds, the nerds wanted the sock bam pow more of that. That's weird because when Sock Bam Pow came out, the nerds wanted the darker Batman. The nerds were upset that their Batman well, was so light. The nerds were just children at that time. Now they've, yeah, but they they've like... now, by this time, grown into full grown mature nerds with opinions of <laughs> right. their own. And yeah, I guess right, they were right, nostalgia right. For, n- nostalgic for that uh, 60s Batman. Right. So it's, it's actually probably a different, um, a different generation of nerds than yeah, the ones well, that were angry definitely. that Sock Bam Pow. Yeah. Yeah, they were shown Sock Bam Pow by their parents. Right, yeah, yeah. And they wanted more of it. And really, who yeah. can blame them? Sock Bam oh, Pow Tim, is I, awesome. I love it. I loved that show. That I'm was my introduction kidding. to Batman. That was the first time I ever watched Batman, and I really loved it. I used to watch it as a kid. Oh, what a great show. Excellent, excellent show. We got to cover some of that. Yes, please. We can cover that movie, man. I have that movie. It's great. Yeah, I've got it too. So Nicholson accepts his role under the condition that he receives top billing, a percentage of the film's earnings, and he has his own shooting schedule. Of course he does. He also probably writes his own lines. No, he doesn't. Like, no. Who does, he, th- this who does guy. he think he is? Who does he think he is? Marlon Brando? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get out of here. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he pitched if he could be a bagel for this movie. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Batman is a bagel. <laughs> can i can i be a bagel <laughs> yeah in case anyone's curious as to what we're talking about in the superman movie marlon brando had some very high terms and some very yeah. low ideas one of them <laughs> <laughs> one of them was that what was it what even was it who was going to be a bagel superman or he, he was going to be no, a bagel he yeah. was going to be a bagel his character of Jorel, he suggested be a bagel and yeah. all, all that you and I could could think of was that so he wouldn't even have to come to the set. They could just have a bagel in his place and he could just voice record. That's how little he wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, he could phone in his lines literally. Um, and it would just be inspiration, inspirational speeches coming from a bagel to Superman. Yeah, check out our Superman episode. That is a hilariously fun episode. 
It's fun. Brando wouldn't memorize any lines, so they had cue card people everywhere with his lines for him. He refused to do anything. Brando. I kind of respect it. I mean, you got to respect some of the things he does. It's but. such a it's such a huge flex that he's doing in that movie. Yeah, he's his demands. He does it in every movie, man. He's yeah. he he's earned he it. Won't though. show up with pants on. <laughs> Why would you? Once you're as good as he is. <laughs> if he wants a close up, he won't show up with pants on. So they have to do a close up. Well, there he's you go. actually done that on movie sets before. <laughs> yeah, and they probably did the close up. They did the close up. The show must go on. <laughs> yeah, Sean Young who was Rachel from Blade Runner, was cast as Vicky Vale, but was injured horseback riding and forced yeah. to pull out of the role, opening the door for Kim. Man. Okay, I love Kim Basinger in this movie. Sean Young would have been incredible. Sean, y- Sean Young would have been great. Um, it is just really hard for me to not picture Kim Basinger as oh, Vicky Vale. Like that course. is Yeah, that is just my life. Um, so, uh, and I think she is perfect in this movie. I think she's great. Um, I have had a huge crush on her since I was a kid because of this movie. So I, I will take Same. her, but I, yeah, but it does suck for Sean Young because I think she would have done a great job. I'm with you. I think that she definitely could have fit in this movie. Well, for sure. She would have. Now in the months leading up to the film's release, Batmania took over. And more than $750 million in merchandise was sold. Wow. Before the movie was released. What? Before the movie came out. More than 100... Go ahead. That's why they can just merchandise this movie with the logo. Like, the poster is just the logo. That is it. And everyone's like, I know what that is. I'm seeing that and I'm buying everything I can beforehand. Yep. More than 100 products were created, including t-shirts, shorts, boxers, buttons, pens, alarm clocks, Batmobile toys, Batwing toys, the Batcave, action figures, jackets, earrings, trading cards, magazines, Joker, Jack in the Box, a kid's bike, a pedal car, towels, a calendar, pins, sculptures, coins, hats, cassette tapes, records, books, and more. Give me all that shit. I want it all. Give it all to me. <laughs> that All that shit is probably worth a lot of money right now. I'm going on eBay tonight. Give me it. I want all of it. So this movie, it gets out to a thunderous start with the opening credits and Danny Elfman's incredible Batman theme. Yes. And like the slow moving through what seems like a cave. Yeah. But then it actually ends up being the bat symbol and it's like immediately as i'm going through the credits i'm already fist pumping at the end of them because i'm just like oh it's the bat symbol i didn't even know the whole time it was the bat symbol um while that amazing score is going it's it's such a great opening it was a great reveal yeah at the end of the end of the opening credits and you see that it is the bat symbol so we land in gotham city and my goodness the set design is just incredible they, they said they were going for a New York City that didn't have a planning committee. And what if hell <laughs> burst through the pavement and kept going up? That's what it felt like. It's kind of cool. I think they nailed it. <laughs> In my opinion, I think they really nailed a mix of like dystopian meets steampunk. That's the vibe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It. For and sure, Tim. Yeah. What, what they definitely did capture, I feel, is what the comics made Gotham City out to be. Yeah, it felt um, it felt very grand, 
but very dirty. You know, like it was this huge thing, like it used to be great, but it's in its worst days right now, which is exactly what I feel like it is in the comics. Like every, everybody and all the streets and everything, it just looked dirty. Like I didn't, I didn't want to, you wouldn't want to fall down on that street. You'd get up and be covered in grime. Yeah, it was uh, well done. We get an opening scene here that fools me, Dean. It fools me. It's an amazing fake out. I think we're watching Batman's origin where his parents are killed because we see a young boy with black hair get lost with his parents. They get robbed. Yes. Yes. But it's not the Wayne family. No. Every nerd is sitting in the theater thinking that that is what is going to happen right now. And they're like, oh, I got I know this movie. I got this one down. Boom. (laughs) Mm, I know what comes now. (laughs) This is where the parents die. (laughs) That's a good nerd. Oh, good no. Nerd. They didn't <laughs> die. It's oh. great. Um, this, Dean, was comic book fan and scriptwriter Sam Ham's idea to exclude cool. the origin story. How much would I get along with this guy? You would love this guy, man. You should slow clap this guy right now. He's just he's your boy. There it is. That's for Sam Ham. Sam Ham, I salute you, my friend. What a brilliant idea. And, oh, he even he goes even further with it, though, because this is the first Batman movie. This is where yeah, you'd want to have the origin story. And he doubles down and says, no, we don't need that. We don't need that yeah. shit. Who doesn't know the Batman origin story? Yeah, he's like, I'm going to fake you out, though. How about that? Loved it. It's great. Loved it. I basically got fooled by everything in this movie because while I've probably seen this more than 50 times, I don't think I've seen it in a decade. I I watched it so many times at Christmas and before that, that it actually, I just got kind of got tired of it and it isn't my Christmas movie anymore. I actually moved into Batman returns as my Christmas movie because I had seen it less and it is actually a Christmas movie. Yeah. So we follow the thugs who robbed these people to a rooftop where none other than Batman pays them a visit. But I like that these thugs are talking about the myth of the giant bat just before Batman shows up. And then he shows up. Yeah, man. It's an amazing entrance. The slow, the slowness that he like is descending down onto the rooftop and just in the background and how slow he's putting his like winged arms down uh, it's amazing. It's it takes its time. It's so it's so strong for the beginning of this movie. It just visually looks so striking. Like you're wondering, like, what's he going to look like? What's Batman going to look like in this suit? Like, what's he going to look like on screen, on the big screen? And he just looks so damn good. Um, I, I love this. I love this introduction of Batman. And, and we actually get a little bit of him just before this. But it's animation. We get like this rooftop right. shot of him watching what's happening. And it's just animation that's happening. And like Tim Burton was a Disney animator. Um, he was he animated on the he was an animator on um, the Fox and the Hound. Mm-hmm. And so I think he has such a good eye for animation because this doesn't feel out of place at all. Like even no. though there's some scenes that are animation, I'm like this looks perfect. Like this looks exactly like it should be in the movie. My introduction to Batman was actually animation on the screen, and it looked great. It looked fantastic. And then we get the amazing reveal. Um, on that rooftop it's just it's just so great for me to to watch that introduction of him 
yeah, and as we're introduced to him, uh, a couple things to remember because we take it for granted now. But that yep. black costume was brand new. He had never been in a right. black costume before. So that was that's sort of like Tim Burton changing someone's favorite hero, right? Like what if what if you got a Spider-Man movie and he was in a black costume, right? I feel yeah. like I feel like you know the nerds may have sent more letters at that point um, about it. Uh, just so everyone knows, I'm a nerd too. So that's why I'm allowed to talk about the nerds because I'm a nerd. I didn't send a letter, a huge, but I'm a huge fucking nerd. I've sent letters before. <laughs> what have you sent letters for, Tim? I mean, just in general, I've sent letters. <laughs> right, in general, yeah, in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing right. is the low uh, the low talk for Batman. was. This was introduced here. Batman never changed his voice in the 60s show or uh, in the comics. I don't, you can't tell in the comics that there's a voice change. But in the 60s, uh, Adam West, he talked the same as Bruce Wayne as he did for Batman. So Keaton yeah, introduces sure. the low voice here, which just gets carried on by every other actor who covers Batman. Yeah. There's one really, really small moment in a comic where someone mentions that he can duplicate both he knows that bruce wayne is batman and he can duplicate both bruce wayne and batman's voice indicating that they sound different um but that is just like one comic so to bring that into the movie you'd either it's either just like a good yeah a good idea for the movie or you're a huge fan of the comics and you read that one that one time and thought it was a really cool idea yeah and i'll be honest with you i read batman comics before obviously before seeing this movie i always mentally changed their voices in my head. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I, I never felt like Bruce Wayne and Batman had the same voice because they were, they were separate yeah. characters. So, um, but, but in the movies, this was the first, you know, first time this happened. So, yeah. We meet some of the main players next, uh, like Harvey Dent, along with Commissioner Gordon and Jack Napier. And this has to be the worst Commissioner Gordon of all time. He's the worst. Oh my god. He's useless. He like he says that. Yeah. He says that a lot. <laughs> Who's in charge? Oh. Let's go. Let's go. That was his best his shining performance. That's his yeah. best line. Yeah. I just did his best line. You did his best his best Tim. His best line is oh my god. Um but uh you're you're correct. He does nothing so here i love him because i love everything about this movie i love every second of this movie so i'm like how could you say that about commissioner gordon but then i'm like oh yeah wait he does nothing he does, nothing. He does absolutely nothing <laughs> he's only in it because of the comic books like his character in this movie is yeah. non-existent uh whatever yeah. it's all good we meet vicky vale here who uh, visits a reporter named Knox, who's been writing Knox the stories great. about the batman Knox is awesome Knox is awesome. I love no Knox. Knox was supposed to get killed at the end, but he was too lovable. So yeah, exactly. And I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, he is way too lovable. What I really love about him is he definitely thinks this movie's about him. It, he yeah. thinks it's about him, his story uncovering Batman. He thinks the movie's about that, and oh, I, I love, love it. it. He's great. <laughs> Every time he tells a joke, he's like, "I'm the funniest person in this movie." Yeah. So uh, Vicky Vale has gone to him because it turns out that she's very interested in bats. Interesting. So, very cool. We get a great scene next inside Wayne Manor. I just always love seeing Wayne Manor in the movies. I always just want to go in. I want to yeah. walk around. I would do, uh, I'd buy the Oculus game of Wayne Manor. Just call it Wayne Manor. All you do is walk around. 
that would get that would get you to buy one. Yeah, I mean that would get me to buy one too. Uh, honestly, for sure. We meet Alfred and Bruce Wayne here as well. And so good, such a good entrance for Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it was good because he he sees Vicky Vale. That's his entrance. He's just like, oh yeah. wow, Whoa, who's that? She asks him if he's seen Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and I think he says, "I'm not sure." He says he's not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. And then he's so weird. Like, this is where he's just so weird. I love what Keaton's doing. He's playing such a weird Bruce Wayne. He then he then takes a pen that he's holding and just punches it into a plant nearby. Mm-hmm. I just, I love this beginning of him. I love the entrance. Well, it's great for him and Alfred because Alfred's following him around, just like picking oh, the pen so up. Oh, so funny. Catches yeah. his glass before uh, Bruce, you know, breaks it because he puts it right on the edge of a table and it's about to yes, fall. Yes, amazing. It's really great. And Knox and Vicky Vale, they go into a room here because they're looking for Commissioner Gordon. And um, I, I love this part. It's super funny. They stumble into one of like, like into Bruce's armory, basically. Yeah. And he's got all these different armors from around the world on display. And they're just like looking, <laughs> they're looking and making jokes about it. And he kind of follows them in from behind and he's like right <laughs> yeah. behind them and they don't know. And they're like, uh, yeah, where do you think this one's from? And Bruce says, it's Japanese. And they just turn around and look at him. They're like, how do you know? He's like, well, because I bought it in Japan. And they're just like, who Amazing. are you? Yeah. Who are you? Oh, I'm Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, so good. That's great. Um, so good. Really fun conversation. But Bruce gets called away because Commissioner Gordon had to leave very unexpectedly. Very. Yes. Alfred. Alfred is just right in it here he's just not trying to conceal anything at all he's <laughs> maybe you shouldn't go out that way maybe you should yeah. go this way yeah through the cave, yeah, through the <laughs> cave. <laughs> uh, i like i really like how Knox got a grant out of this scene as well because when i saw this as a kid yeah. i didn't know what that meant of so course now yeah. i watch it and i'm like that's so funny that Knox just asks asks the rich guy for a grant and yeah. because he's writing about batman batman gives him a grant <laughs> amazing I yeah it. it's, it's so, so good. funny it's so good and he's been just like bashing bruce wayne the whole time and bruce wayne's <laughs> been there he's been right behind him the whole right, time right well, he still gives this him guy the must have been king of the wicker people yeah. like he's just got his dumbass lines that he's saying and then he asks for a grant as a joke and gets one it's great end great end to the and then as soon as bruce wayne leaves he goes back to making fun of him he sees the huge mirror and he's like he should be called Bruce Vane. <laughs> yeah. He just loves his amazing jokes. Yeah, he's he's a good character. He's great. We move on to uh, Access Chemicals here. And you've got the bad guys there. You've got the cops there. You've got Batman there. And I love this scene because Jack Napier, he goes over to this computer. Um, He's trying to like destroy records and they've they've kind of been set up but they realize they've been set up he goes over to this big computer he pulls down a few levers spins a few wheels presses a few buttons and shit just starts exploding and papers are flying out of everywhere it was so classic why would there be a computer where you could inadvertently press a few wrong buttons and the thing just starts blowing up (laughs) i thought it was in a factory in effect, do not plant. pull all levers at once. And he knew exactly <laughs> like, what to do. He's he like, knew what to do. Oh, just, 
I laughed. Spitting I out laughed. all that crap. Yeah. I I really good. I think this is so all the chaos he's causing, it just makes this scene look so good. Like there's all this there's chemicals going everywhere and there's sparks and there's smoke. Um, I really like this scene. I, I really like the cop that busts in on him, um, which we haven't mentioned mentioned yet, which is uh, Eckhard, yeah. um, who has the most like incredible voice, just the most of the lowest crazy voice. And I think he has the best line in the movie um, when he's handing out Jack Napier's picture to everyone and all his other like <laughs> troops. And he says, yeah. he says, shoot to kill. Know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we know what you mean. Shoot to kill means only one thing. Right. Yeah, that can't be confused with anything else. <laughs> no, it's like, um, I thought I knew that? what shoot to kill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I thought I knew what shoot to kill meant. But now that you say know what I mean, maybe I don't. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's something else. Is that code? For <laughs> don't code shoot for to kill? Shoot to kill, know what I mean. Great. So both the cops and the bad guys see Batman. And Batman is one punch KOing bad guys. Yeah, Napier tries to shoot Batman, but the bullet is deflected back at Napier. It hits him in the face and he falls over a railing. Batman Mm -hmm. grabs him, tries to save him, but Napier ends up falling into a vat of chemicals. And uh, it's not immediately after this, but it's shortly after that we get a really great creepy shot of Napier's hand rising out of the sewer. Totally. And then it goes back down and... I didn't really appreciate that until after watching the movie and thinking back on it. And it was one of the visuals that kind of stuck with me. I was like, that yeah. that hand shot was really cool and probably would have been really frightening uh, for a young kid to see something like that. It's just totally. really yeah. great, like slow anticipation. Yeah, two big movies for me when I was a kid were Batman and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Secret of the Ooze. And both of them have the villain with their hand raising out of either the water or garbage or whatever. Um, so I just thought that that was like, when I was a kid, I was just like, when there's a big villain in the movie, that's what they do. Like they have their moment where their hand busts out um, <laughs> that indicates that they're still alive. Because this thing, that you're right, that hand stuck with me. Nice. So two of your big movies when you were a kid both uh, grossed over $400 million. That's awesome. Oh, wait a second. Wait, no, my bad. Sorry. Whoops. Oh, no. Not the case. Um, Dean, now while Vicky and Bruce share a nice dinner at Wayne Manor, Napier is unbandaging himself to discover he's now something completely different. Yeah. He goes to pay Boss Grissom a visit for setting him up at the chemical plant, and we finally get to see the Joker here. Uh, So funny he's so good in this scene well before before we get to the scene i just wanted to say they did a really good job of his reveal um yes which i thought the hand supported because that's kind of the first piece you get to see of the joker then you get to see him being unbandaged in this like holy shit this super seedy apartment Uh, at first i thought it was actually in the sewer and then I looked I a little bit so. more. I, I'm like, I, oh no, it's, it is an apartment. It's like a, a higher story right. apartment. But my goodness, did it look awful. Then you get Joker at Grissom's lair here, but he's in the shadows and you can just sort of see his face. And yeah. then as he's talking, he slowly walks into the light for the big reveal, which unfortunately they had already showed that reveal in the trailer. So they spoiled okay. it. I, just, okay, I think that yeah. would have been such a strong it's first so appearance of the Joker, but they kind of ruined it. But that's fine. If it's whatever, yeah, they had, you don't they know had exactly what he looks. 
if you don't know exactly what he looks like in the shadows there, like it is, it's such a, it's such a slow reveal. You're like yeah. trying to figure out what his face kind of looks like, but you can't even see the colors at all. Right. No. So, um, it would, yeah, it would really be very powerful. Um, he's so, so funny too, at that moment where he's just like, and as you can see, I'm a lot happier now. Like it's so good. Yeah. Um, but it's also like this really weird morbid scene where he's just like, shooting Grissom and just like not caring about where his bullets are going. Like guns him down, guns him down, but also just like having a great time, like just shooting behind his back around, around the side. Like he's just like, no, whatever. I don't even care if I hit him. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we go back to Wayne Manor here where the date, um, in my opinion, has taken an interesting turn and, Maybe before I get to what I want to say, did you have any comments about just this date in general, like this first meeting of, yes. you know, Bruce and Vicky? Yes, I do. Because one of the, for me, one of the funniest Keaton moments, I think Keaton is fantastic. His take on Batman here, as as I've mentioned already, just sort of as this, this guy who's obsessed with this one little hobby he has um, and doesn't really totally know how to interact with people. Um, so that what what I really love is when they're having dinner at that huge long table and she asks him, uh, Vicky asks Bruce if he likes eating in that room and his first response is like, oh yeah, yeah. And then he starts looking around so funny and says, come to think of it, I don't think I've ever been in this room. And he doesn't even know he's telling a joke. Like that is a hilarious joke. And until she laughs, he doesn't know. Like he's just looking around. He's like, I don't think I've ever been in here. Yeah. She like laughs at that. He looks at her and his face brightens up because like now they're having a great time. And then they move it into like a smaller area where they can just chat and have a not such a fancy meal. But I love that scene. I think it's so good for Bruce character development. And it's just hilarious. Yeah, that's where his previous comedic acting comes into play. It's with this kind of like... Kind of silly, kind of goofy Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's like a lot in his uh, his like comedic timing and his facial um, acting. Yeah. So like it's, it's just all that stuff combined. That scene is so funny. I can watch it over and over and always laugh when he just starts looking around and being like, I don't think I've ever been in here. It's, it's just perfect timing. I thought the date took an interesting turn when um, Bruce takes advantage of a drunk Vicky. <laughs> yeah and basically like what i don't know Tim. he took advantage know. of okay she's wasted the, dude they're walking up the stairs she's wasted and he's just like she's like oh, oh i'm drunk and you you uh <laughs> look like you haven't even had anything and he's like what does he say he says one drink and i'm one flying. drink and i'm flying well yeah. she's it looks like she drank a bottle of wine at least yeah even yeah. if he had only one drink it looks like he had zero drinks yeah, like, I don't that this was nothing back in the day, but I saw it now and I'm like, OK, he's completely sober. She's completely drunk. It's the first date and he takes her upstairs and they have sex. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I never really thought about that because I always assumed that he was drinking and he was just I never really understood that conversation. Like I, I thought it's he was weird. drinking and he was just like good at hiding it or something. But he probably didn't drink because he's Batman and he always wants to be ready. You know, he never can't, he couldn't, can't be drunk. Cause what if something happens that night, then he'll need to go out and, um, you know, fight crime. But yeah, that's, that's interesting. My, my only, my well, only redeeming thought of that scene is possibly that maybe he didn't take advantage of her, but they didn't find a spot in the movie to like put a line in about it. 
there, yeah. there was a conversation later where she's saying like, yeah. oh, I can't, be- I can't believe I even slept with you. And it looked like he started in to say something, but then stopped. Yeah. And I, I actually, yeah. I actually considered at that moment, maybe he wanted to say, look, I didn't actually, we didn't actually sleep together. I didn't take advantage of you, but that wouldn't really fit in the movie. So I wondered if that maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, I sure wish that's they put, interesting. I yeah. sure wish they put something like that in there because all it looks like is he took advantage of her. Yeah, yeah, it does, Tim. Yeah, because he does go in that moment. He's like, ah, well, he kind, he's kind of like being like, oh, well, you know, he, he but he doesn't actually yeah. say anything. You're right. Yeah, interesting part. Anyways, that's just one of these yeah. things that doesn't age very well. Yeah. Well, Tim, why'd you have to point that out? Uh, I have to point all the things out, Dean. I know. I it know. It doesn't ruin the movie for me. No, but I gotta, I gotta watch it again now with those, with those lenses on. Okay. So Joker, along with Bob, his ah, number one nah, guy. Great, Tim. That was great. <laughs> are taking over the crime syndicate and killing anyone who dare get in their way. Ooh. Now, I thought Bob was just a straight up weird character. He doesn't seem remotely threatening to me and never did. I never oh, understood man. this guy. What's your take on Bob? I was actually just going to say Bob was one of my favorites. Um, and I think it just comes, honestly, it comes from one scene that happened earlier. And when you're a kid, like when, when I'm a kid, I don't, I, I never really understood what was happening in this movie. There's no way I understood what was happening. Right. Um, so it's more just like visuals that stick with me. And I loved the scene where Jack is standing there. It's before he's Joker. He's Jack. He's got a, a cool hat on and someone pulls a gun on him. Eckhart pulls a gun on him mm. and Bob just pops up from behind his shoulder and yeah. pulls a gun out. Yeah. And he's just like on his shoulder and aiming the gun. And I was just like, that Bob guy is cool. Like that Bob guy's ready. He's your number one guy. He's the guy you want by your side. So I always loved Bob the goon for that reason. And he always looked cool to me. You know, every scene after that, even though this time, this time watching it, he's a huge dork in so many scenes. Yeah. He looks like he doesn't fit at all. He doesn't look menacing at all. You're right. But I've always had a soft spot for him. I've always loved Bob the goon. Yeah, he was a buddy of Jack Nicholson and Jack Nicholson got him the job. Yeah, I found that out after. I found that out later in my life that he's just like Jack Nicholson's like best friend. Well, he's, he's not just <laughs> he's that, like, though. Like, he's got yeah. like 100 movie credits. If you look at his um, IMDb, yeah. man, the dude works. I'm very, you know, impressed with how much he works. But yeah, like, I think he probably got it because he was friends with Nicholson. He is Nicholson's number one guy. Yeah. Bob. Love Bob it. the goon. We get a quick scene here where... Joker has this boxing glove gun and he destroys a TV with it. And dude, yep. this scares me every time I watch the movie. It doesn't matter. Awesome. Every time. Awesome. They sneak it in at just a time you're completely at ease and not yeah. expecting this to happen. And it always freaks me out. He um he does it because he's mad that Batman's getting all of his press. So he yeah. shoots this gun with the boxing glove and destroys the TV. It's funny. Amazing. This town needs an enema. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why does he have that? Uh, He's got that party thing in his mouth, streamer thing or whatever. He's great. (laughs) What are 
great another line so i good. didn't get as a kid because i didn't know what yeah, that oh was. no way but this <laughs> no town way. needs an enema what this, a great yeah. line dude and he's the yeah, one it's so who good. better to give this town an enema than the joker exactly and it's so beautiful I love right after it's so beautiful i love right after this too because then we cut to bruce who's now seen the joker and so he's just like super stressed out and he just like sits on the couch and alfred's like hey that vicky vale she was a very nice woman yeah. <laughs> he says then why don't you marry her <laughs> he says that to alfred yeah. he's got his mind on the joker he's like why don't you marry her alfred i got the fucking joker to deal with over here yeah. you see the people popping up in this town <laughs> It's so funny. Such a child. Why don't you marry her then? <laughs> That's true. Eh? He is, he's just got bigger things to worry about. Yeah. He's like, give me a break here, man. Like, I got things to worry about. I got big stuff. I'm trying to be Batman over here. Yeah. <laughs> so Bob shows Joker a picture of Vicky Vale. And just like the rest of us, Joker falls in love with her. Yeah. Bob says she's dating Bruce Wayne. <laughs> And Joker says she's about to trade up. She's about to trade up. I she's love that about line. to trade up from a Playboy billionaire. <laughs> she's about to trade up. I love that. That's uh, a hard trade up. A hard trade up. Yeah. Man, hard to stay inside the a, lines. Such a great line. <laughs> He's cutting her out. Hard to stay inside <laughs> yeah, I the know. lines. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh my goodness. Uh, He's amazing. He is amazing. So Joker unleashes terror on Gotham in the form of his laughing death toxin that he's been hiding in various forms of cosmetics. And I actually forgot this was part of the movie, watching it again this time. And I always love this storyline in Batman comics and cartoons and wherever oh, else yeah. it pops up. Totally. I, I love when Joker uses a toxin. It's one of my favorite things. It's his thing. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce uh, requests information on Jack Napier. So Alfred brings him a huge file. And Bruce reads two lines from the first page and cracks yeah. the Joker's toxin plan. Cracks the case. What you a great detective. It? Dude, he's the best detective of all time. Hey, Tim, he's the world's greatest detective. So this is how he does it. He opens up a huge file. He reads the first page and it says, Jack Napier, aptitude in chemistry. And he's like, chemistry? Yeah. Chemistry. Eh? Well, that's good. Alfred, that's convenient. we're going shopping is what he says. And then he cracks the case. Yeah. Now, I want to I do a quick shout out to our buddy Alex here. Um, hey, Alex, do you think Detective Chimp could have figured this one out in two lines of the first page? No way. No way. World's no greatest way. detective is Batman. No way. No way. I, I'm going to give another shout out to Alex because we he plays trivia with me, Tim, and we played trivia this week. And the final question to win the game for our team was who plays Knox. And I couldn't remember, even though I just watched the oh, movie. Nice. And he pulled Robert Wool because that Ooh. guy's the man. Nice job, Alex. Alex is the man. Yeah. So he won it for our team. Well done, sir. Excellent. What a great guy that Alex is. Of course. We got to have him and Pat back on the episode. On the episode? Definitely. Oh, on the, the show. Uh, on the podcast. Have them back in on an the show in an episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be awesome. Now, Vicky leaves a message for Bruce that she's going to be 10 minutes late for their date at the museum. But wait, they don't have a date. Uh-oh. Again, just something amazing that Keaton plays. Alfred tells him, oh, uh, Vicky left a message that... Uh, 
uh, she's going to be 10 minutes late for your date. And he's like, okay. okay. He checks his watch. Yeah. He's like, oh, he kind of looks a little bit annoyed. He's like, oh, okay. Checking his watch. He's like, wait, wait a second. We don't, I don't have a date. <laughs> yeah. So Vicky goes to the museum where she thinks she has a date. And actually she does have a date there. It starts right. filling with gas. Vicky puts on a mask that's sent to her table. And once everyone else is dead, the Joker makes his grand entrance. Yes. And I must say, what a first impression this Joker makes. I mean, how could you not fall in love with this guy? Uh, uh, totally, Tim. Um, he waltzes fantastic. in. Yeah, he's got all the charisma. He's wearing purple, a purple plaid suit and a purple chef's hat. <laughs> it's a ballsy wardrobe call by him, but he pulls it yeah, off. I think that might be, I think it might be some sort of artist's hat, but I don't really know. That's a, it looks like a chef's hat. It definitely uh, looks like a chef's hat. Then him and his crew, they just ruin all the art in the museum. Just Great. destroy everything. <laughs> then he sits down to see if Vicky is interested in pursuing a romantic relationship with him. Yeah. Why not? I'd and sure. Tim, this is now this is now the second scene that he has the uh flesh makeup on. Yes. So he's got makeup over top of his actual face, which is his face is actually white and red. Um, this is another thing that just like messed me up as a kid. When he has that flesh makeup on and then he wipes starts wiping it away. I'm just like, wait, what? Like, so his his actual face is white and his actual lips are red. It's so good that he like, there's so many scenes where he puts on this flesh makeup and it's so weird. It like looks weird. Uh, that's another, that's a great point. Like I'm starting to wonder why I liked this movie so much as a kid, because I didn't yeah. understand any of it. Like I, I will yeah, be a hundred percent honest with you in this scene. What I always thought was happening was that he was wiping white paint on his right. head with his yeah. napkin. And I didn't understand yeah. why. I assumed that the flesh tone was his real tone. And he just put white makeup on. Because it didn't make sense to me as a kid. That just because he gets in some sort of chemical accident, his face turns white. Right? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. They do play around with it a few times. This whole flesh tone thing. Yeah. And I thought... And I could never figure it out. I'm like, why is he wiping white paint on his head in this moment? It just didn't make sense, along with so many other things in this movie that I had no idea what they meant. I remember yeah. asking dad about us, about several things, and he didn't even know. I'm just like, dad, yeah. what's a grant? What what does that mean? He's like, oh, whatever. I don't either. He didn't want to tell me or he didn't know. It's like, you know, yeah. go away. <laughs> Keep watching your movie. So I, I didn't understand so much of this. While there's a lot of like really great stuff for the adults in this movie, there's something underlying at like the root of this movie that is just captivating for anybody. Like it's gonna it's yeah. gonna work on a kid, it's gonna work on a grown-up, it's gonna work on someone who's, you know, probably really old. It, there's something about it. I don't know if that's the character of Batman. Like maybe just Batman is so ingrained in our society that Anytime you get something like that, like you can just identify with it um, yeah. or if it's just something in this story. But it's really interesting to me that, you know, I didn't get this movie, but I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I was the same way. Like it, it, I also just didn't understand a ton of stuff, but loved it as a kid. There's just something you're right. There's something about it. There's something about Batman that you can just 
I didn't read I didn't read comics before this movie. I just loved Batman for some reason. I have no idea why, but I loved this movie. Even though parts of it scared me, this part, this scene actually in particular really scared me because it's a really weird scene. It is. I it never liked really, this scene. It's, yeah, it's very eerie. So like, I just, I never liked the scene. I really like it now because it's, it's basically like the splash of color we get in the movie. There's lots of color in this scene and there yeah. isn't a lot in the entire movie. And starting sort of with the gas, like the gas is purple and it yeah, looks really that. neat when the yeah. gas starts coming in and it's purple and then like they're splashing the paintings. Uh, I, I like how everything in this in this one looks. I, I do have a good time with the scene now. Me too. Yeah. So the Joker's opening line to Vicky is that he's a homicidal artist mm. and he makes art until someone dies. Uh, I don't know why that line didn't work. Right, yeah, that's what I use. For me, here's where I, like, and obviously it's been building up to this, but for me, here is where I note that Jack Nicholson is just absolutely owning this role of Joker as oh, Vicky yeah. throws water in his face and he does the whole I'm melting routine from The Wizard of Oz. And yeah. I just thought that was so great, so perfect. Um, I've never respected it as much as I have this this rewatch. Yeah, I I would agree. He's it's, it's absolutely incredible. As much as I love, I always want to stick up for Keaton. Like when I throw this movie on, I'm like, okay, we always talk about Joker. We always talk about Jack Nicholson in this movie. But like, I think Keaton does an amazing job as Bruce Wayne in this movie. Amazing job as Batman. I really want to stick up from this movie. When I watch it, I just get drawn in by Jack Nicholson again and again. It's like he is just crushing this movie as much as i love keaton in it it's like it's jack nicholson's movie i mean nicholson's got top billing yeah um, he does yeah i think he probably deserves it i yeah. i love this joker um nobody else has done a joker like this like the thing with the jokers and people like to have the argument of who's the best joker well i think all of the movies have done a really good job of not duplicating the yeah, being different yeah yeah not not duplicating like the um attitude and the um the behaviors of jokers like this yeah. this joker was very very clownish like it, this really was For the sure. goofy yeah. joker that we've never seen again you know heath ledger yeah. was the very serious joker um yeah. you know joaquin phoenix i feel is like like the Joker who's almost almost like the run down, like the broken down character who becomes yeah. the Joker through like pain and suffering. For sure, yeah. And you can't you can't compare these. You can't choose which is the better performance because they're they're different. They're all different. You know? Yeah. So Yeah, I agree. Uh, for me it's personally, something... I I like the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. That's my favorite. Um, yeah. but Batman wise, I mean, I'm going with Michael Keaton as, as my Batman. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Heath Ledger Joker. Um, that's just my, that's my movie, that one, the dark Knight. Um, but I am, I am definitely a Keaton Batman. I I'm a Keaton Batman because I just love this take. This guy's, this kid's parents were murdered, shot down in an alley in front of him when he was 10. He's going to have trouble being a person. He just is. And that's why I like Bruce. I like uh, Keaton's take on Bruce Wayne. While like um, 
Christian Bale is sort of pretending to be like that billionaire. Like he pretends that he's kind of kooky, but he's actually not. Uh, Keaton's Bruce Wayne is kooky. Like he just isn't that. And, and I like it. I like that part. So Batman breaks in here to rescue Vicky. And this pretty much means war because Batman has now stolen the Joker's girl. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And they make off in the Batmobile. Uh, my favorite version of the Batmobile. Tim, yes, I wanted to talk about this. This this is, I had this toy. I had the Batmobile as a toy. So this is my Batmobile. This is my favorite version. I played with it so much. It was actually one of my favorite toys just because it looks so damn cool. So as soon as I see it on the screen, oh, all those memories come back of just like playing with it on my floor in my room. It it looks awesome. And I, yeah, I just, I just love the, the design of it. Yeah, definitely. Now, as they're getting away, they get stuck in traffic, unfortunately. And they, <laughs> they have to... actually do. It's like, oh, fuck construction. And they have to bail on the Batmobile. And Batman gets into a fight with four thugs here, four of Joker's thugs. He punches three of them one time, knocking them out. And then the toughest guy, he ends up kicking one time and then punching and he's out. I love this aspect of the movie. I don't need elaborate fight scenes with Batman fighting regular sidekick dudes because Batman is a superhero and he should be one punching them, which he does in this movie. Right? Yeah. He should destroy any non-superheroes in the movie. That is what should happen. Yeah, I love how strong he is. And even though he's like Keaton is a little guy, um, they show us right away that he is extremely strong. Like even way back in the beginning on the rooftop, he's holding a guy over the ledge of the rooftop and he's just holding him there. And I'm like, this guy's so strong. Um, And he's holding him there like it's nothing. So I totally believe that he just one punches these guys out, one kicks them and they are out. Um, I do like when he gets sort of knocked to the ground because then one of the goons says... Uh, who is this guy? And Bob the Goon, my number one guy, says, check his wallet. Yeah. <laughs> you think this guy yeah. has a wallet on That's him? Where are you going to find a wallet? <laughs> yeah. Check his wallet. Look for his ID. Check his wallet he's for his ID. That'll, te- that. that'll tell us who he is. Why don't you lift up his fucking mask, dude? <laughs> yeah. Well, they get to that. They get to that. They get to it. It's, 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 it's idea number two. Idea number one is check his wallet. Yeah. So Batman takes Vicky back to the bat cave here and he gives her the antidote he's come up with and she runs the article in the paper now joker's plan has been thwarted and the joker now has a name for his pain and it is batman Mm -hmm. so bruce wayne goes over to vicky's place because he wants to tell her he's batman after one date he's ready to tell her He's Batman. Yeah, he's ready to let her in. He He's ready to he, let her he in. He felt a connection. He felt a connection. Before he can share that information, one date. Before he can share that information, the Joker shows up for Vicky. And uh the Joker is very upset that she ran off with Batman. How dare she? Uh now Bruce and Joker kind of come face to face, and Bruce tells Joker he knows who he is. And he gives him a bit of a speech before the Joker shoots him. And I don't know if you noticed this, but while Bruce was giving his speech to the Joker, Vicky Vale is eating popcorn. 
What did she eat some? Yep. Keep an eye out for that okay. next time. It's awesome. Okay. She's eating popcorn as he's talking to her. She's so into it. She's like, I don't know. I don't know which one I want to go with. This conversation is going to determine which one I go with. This is so this is so exciting. You know what? Vicky Vale is right in this situation because this scene is popping. I love it. I think both of them are just crushing it. I think yeah, both sure. uh, Joker and and Bruce Wayne are just amazing. Um, it's I, I like I like a couple things that uh, Joker says in this interaction. Uh, he comes up with uh, some amazing lines, like um, another rooster in the hen house, he says when he sees Bruce there. Yeah. Uh, and then he tells also, he tells Bruce not to rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> Never rub another man's rhubarb. I like that one. Which to me sounds like touching another man's penis. So that's what that sounds like. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it sounds like. It it's supposed to make mean any... stealing my girl, but he says never rub another man's rhubarb. I guess your girl is your rhubarb. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Just don't don't yeah. touch someone's rhubarb, though. That's what don't I learned touch, from just that. Just don't do that. It. I literally won't it. touch rhubarb that is belongs to someone else. <laughs> right. You can touch it. You can't rub it. Oh, yeah. You don't rub it. Don't rub another man's rubber. Anyways, uh, yeah. Very uh, awkward. What, also... I, I feel like that's like an older time thing, like an olden days right. term. Yeah. yeah. Like, wow. I wonder what happened to you if you did rub another man's rhubarb. I know. I know. I was, I have the uh, novel, novelization of this movie. So I was very interested to get to that part to see if rub another man's oh, yeah. rhubarb was going to be written in the novelization. And it was, it was huh. in there. <laughs> Can you imagine that so discussion I, over like the dinner table back whenever this <laughs> occurred? Like, hey, you know that, um, you know, Jacob, he he rubbed Thomas's rhubarb. Oh, my goodness. Are you are you shitting me? He are rubbed his rhubarb. Me? Why would he do you never such a rub thing? another man's rhubarb? Why would he do that? You know what? We, we can't talk to him anymore. We can't. No. Or no, we can't. We can't send him letters anymore. Right. That's all they He's a do. rhubarb rubber. Yeah. We're no more letters. We will not get together with him at the monthly community gathering. No. Uninvited. Uninvited Weird. to the town hall. Uh, I'm curious to what that actually means. Probably have to look into totally. that one. I, here's the thing. I don't think it means anything. I think Nicholson made it up on the spot. <laughs> and it means absolutely that, nothing. That'd be even better. It means something to him. It means Never rub another man's rhubarb. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Bru yes. Bruce is okay because he had a silver tray stuck up his shirt and yes. he's okay. He's not dead. He's okay. Yes. He wanted to get nuts and they got nuts. We find out through Knox and Vicky Vale that Bruce's parents were murdered. And I like the way they did that in the movie. We all know the origin story. You know, mm -hmm. we don't need to start the movie with it. And I feel yep. like if you have to include it, which they did, I like that some of the characters were the ones to figure it out. Yeah, totally. So I thought, that's true. I thought that worked really well. Yeah, it's not even. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not even like Bruce remembering it. Um, well, I guess it kind of is. Well, he but remembers like later. But... He remembers later, but the characters actually figure out what happened first and then we see it later. Yeah. So this, the city moving on, the city plans to cancel the 200 year celebration because of the Joker. But he steps in and says it will go on and that he'll dump 20 million in cash on the crowd at midnight. He also invites Batman to show up. Joker says he's taken his makeup off. Now it's time for Batman to do the same. And this is more of this flesh toned stuff. 
um, and is actually a funny line because he's in his flesh tone makeup when he's saying right. it. So he actually has makeup on as he's saying he's taken his makeup off. It's really brilliant. It's really smart. It's really brilliant. It's really brilliant because he's absolutely lying to everyone in this moment. Um, and so that makes it very clear that he's lying to everyone. This is one of my favorite parts in the movie. Um, and it only be, has become one of my favorite parts in the movie because I've watched it so many times over and over and over. The mayor's character, his whole thing, the entire movie, every single line that the mayor says is surrounded around keeping this 200th celebration alive. Every time something shitty happens, the mayor is there to say, this won't get in the way of the 200th celebration. We're still going on with it. This is my thing. This is all he cares about in the movie is that he has the 200th celebration. The beaches the must remain open. Exactly. He is that guy. The beaches must remain open. He is the Jaws mayor. But he does decide in a moment that, okay, it's been too much. A moment I will of cancel the celebration. A moment of weakness. I will cancel the celebration. It, it's his low point, his low point in the movie. And in that moment, Joker swoops and is like, no way, celebration's on. You know how mad the mayor must be in this moment? He's finally canceling it. And Joker swoops in, the guy who's making him canceling and says, nah, I'm going to throw a bunch of cash. Let's keep it going. And yeah. now it's no longer the mayor's thing. It's Joker's thing. I think it is so funny. And what's really interesting, too, is if Joker, now, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, if Joker decided not to release the toxin yes. on the city, but rather just decided to dump a bunch of money onto the people, he probably could have become mayor <laughs> probably, and taken over yeah. the town, which yes. is sort of what happens in Batman Returns. I was just going to say, that's kind of Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah so that's interesting. <laughs> um, so now, now, Dean, is where we see the flashback of Bruce's parents getting killed. And right. it's short, it's sweet, and yeah. we learn none other than Jack Napier was the one who kills them, which I completely awesome. forgot about. And oh, cool. I know that's a big change from the mainstream origin story, but I love that idea in this movie that Napier was the one yeah. to kill his parents. It just like tightens the story up for me. Um, and it also really sets up a good uh, line that comes later in the movie. 100%. That's the line that popped in my head when you were saying this. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about, we'll talk yeah, we'll about, talk when, about we when we get there. But I, I did just want to say that uh, it's, it's definitely a huge like stray from comics. So it would make people mad maybe when they're watching it, but it's such an amazing element for a single movie. If you're making a single movie, this yeah. makes it great. This makes your movie epic, this type of thing. So it was such, I think it is such a great choice for the movie. That's why this writer is nailing it because he's a comic book. This fan. writer is nailing it. That's it. Yeah. He's a comic book fan. Yeah. And he's like, I know how to get rid of the stuff that annoys people. I know how to make a tight script. It's awesome. Sam Ham, yeah. dude. Sam Ham. Great work. So Vicky Vale shows up at the Batcave. So she knows he's Batman now. How? Well, well I was going to ask you did okay. she figure it out or did Alfred show her? Okay, so this has always been my thing with this movie is what is this scene? If she figured it out, why isn't she shocked when she gets there? Why isn't she like, you're Batman? But really, she gets there and she's like, didn't we have something special? She just starts talking about the relationship. So I was really looking out for it this time. And I she figures it out on her own. I think she, when she's looking at, um, when, when they are researching what happened to Bruce and what happened to his parents, Knox says as she's leaving, what would that do to a kid? You know, what would that 
how would that impact a kid? And I think she figures out, oh, he must be Batman. That must be what he was trying to tell me. But it's still kind of weird when she shows up and she's not like, so you're Batman. She just shows up and she's like, we like each other, right? <laughs> Which there's, just, there, I always think that scene is weird. There's a few things that could have happened. She could have figured it out herself. Shows yeah. up at the house, tells Alfred she knows. Alfred could have called Alfred, her. Yeah. Alfred's been playing the whole time for the two of them to get together. You know, he's, totally. he's already delivered his like, if not now, then when um, comment. Like, this is the right person. You should just, you know, get together. It's also possible that uh, Vicky followed that road. They've already driven back on a road to the Batcave yeah. in the Batmobile. And yeah. went through the side of a mountain, the the wall, the wall of the mountain opens up, which was awesome. She could have just retraced those steps, possibly. She's a smart reporter. Yeah. So I think there's a few few options for it. I don't care that they don't show us. I think it's totally fine. Um, I just never I know. I just want her. Yeah. I just want a line. I want, I want a line just being like, so you're Batman or something. You know, something because they don't even talk about him being Batman in the scene. So it's just it feels jarring. Um, I don't think they need to. I, I mean, she's no, there already. Okay. She knows he's Batman. Yeah. She surely knows that. Yeah. Just her being there. Yeah. If Alfred was the one who brought her there um, after one date, then maybe he should marry her. Like, maybe Alfred should marry her because he seems to really love her. After one date, he just brings her into the Batcave? That's always my take, on, is that Alfred brought her in. Yeah, That's Alfred brought her in because he loves her. Because why does Alfred need to be there? Why doesn't she just show up? I know. Up? Right. Yeah, I feel like true, the yeah. reason or, well, or the fact that Alfred brought her there, I feel like he was the one who, who yeah. let her in. Yeah. Unless, of course, like she figured it out, went to Alfred and said, bring me to the Batcave. I think he's pushing. Yeah, the, the, I, I think so, too. He's been doing that the whole pushing movie. the narrative here a little bit. Yeah. So she wants to be a couple. Um, And while Bruce would like to like that to happen, he says that the Joker is out there and that he has to go to work. So he takes the Batmobile to access chemicals and he blows the shit out of the entire place. Yep. Uh, and this is where the Joker is creating his death toxin. And it's a great Batmobile action scene with the machine mm -hmm. gun. It's dropping bombs. It's driving through fire, blows up the whole building. And the great ending to that is it pulls up to Batman who's standing out there outside and who is controlling it with a remote. I remember being awesome. blown away with that. It was really cool. It's so good. They do, they do like such a subtle job of setting it up earlier that you kind of, it's, it's in a moment where you kind of forget that that's a possibility. That you don't know that do, that you don't know that of... that's a possibility yet. Well, he's, he's done it before he, when he, when he was with Vicki Vale, he said like shields, you know, shields up and then it okay, drove to okay, him and sure. he said like, stop, you know? So you know that he can kind of voice command it, but I, I totally forget at this point and it's, it's awesome. So on to the 200th anniversary parade. Joker has the best and only float. He's dancing. <laughs> he's making faces. He's throwing yes. money up in the air. It's more great Joker, silly, silly acting from Nicholson. Then we get so to great. see the Batwing which I remember being so shocked at in the theater because this was yep. one thing that they kept hidden from the trailers is nice. you, they always showed the Batmobile. They wanted to pump that yeah. up, but you did not know there was going to be a Batwing. And my goodness is the Batwing glorious in this movie. 
in the short time that it's here, I just loved the power that this Batwing brought to Batman in this moment. And overall, I just think they did such a good job in this movie of never making Batman weak or vulnerable. He's weak as Bruce a couple times, but as Batman, he's always rock solid. Yeah, totally. I'm very used to the trope now of heroes getting broken down in these movies Mm -hmm. before they rise up and have their big triumphant return or their their comeback. That was not the case at all in this movie. He was just always the overpowered superhero. And I thought it was really refreshing. I really liked that. I don't I don't need to feel like scared for the hero. You know what the hero's doing here is he's just trying to figure things out. His only weakness is he doesn't know the master plan of the bad guy. And as he can figure that out, that's where he can kind of, you know, react and do the things he needs to do. But physically and technologically and like weapon wise, he's never at a disadvantage because why would he be against the Joker? Why would the Joker have more toys than him? You know, and Joker says it, where does he get all these wonderful toys? That's what's making Batman so powerful. I love the way they did it in this movie. I forgot that was the way they did it. I'd like to see more of this. Yeah, it's a very interesting um, uh, take uh, for the movie and a way to approach the movie. We actually, like, this is just a world, because there's no origin, this is just a world that Batman lives in. Like, this movie is actually, like, Joker's the one who gets the origin. Joker's the one who has the up and down arc. He's the one who gets the wins and losses. It's really a movie about Joker trying to be a criminal in a city that has Batman. You know, yeah. it's like Batman doesn't lose really in this movie. Like he he always figures out what to do next. Um, and I think that kind of teeters us towards this being a Joker movie. Like this movie being sort of about him because Batman's the rock solid character. Batman's not the one that needs to go through very much except for, I guess, letting a woman in his life. But um, like he like that that's still not a huge, a huge um, character swing for him. That's a good point. Yeah, Batman doesn't really have much of an arc in this movie. No. Uh, whereas the Joker... He's just solidified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Joker's the one going through all the stuff. So I yeah. like that Nicholson requested top billing then because I do... I hadn't really thought about it before, but I do agree with you. This is the Joker's movie. Yeah. And then it's Knox's movie. Joker, Knox, Batman, Vicky. Yeah, definitely. Knox, it's, it's Knox's movie for sure. So Batman knows all the giant balloons are filled with poison gas. So he uses the Batwing to grab all the balloons, fly them off into the sky. Yes. And Joker is very upset by this. I guess he's never had balloons stolen from him before. Wonderful. And he really overreacts. He overreacts so hard. I love his line. I love his first line. So he says he turns to he turns to Bob the goon who's standing beside him and he says, those were my balloons, <laughs> which he doesn't say he took my balloons first. He doesn't say like, oh, damn, my balloons are gone. He just turns to Bob and he's like a child says, those were my balloons. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, Bob, gun. And yeah. Bob gives him a gun and he shoots Bob. Yeah, that's that's the overreaction. part. That's so funny. The Joker kills his number one henchman? Yeah. That is brilliant. 
It's that, I just think that's he, br- such brilliant writing. That joke, and it makes yeah. so much sense. Joker's so lost that, and emotional. He's very reactive to things. He, you know, he can't control his yeah. emotions. Um, and the fact that he would kill his number one guy, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. How come nobody told me he had one of those things? And then shoots Bob. Yeah. Yeah. What is that thing? Nobody even knows what that is. <laughs> one of those How can we things. tell you that he has one when we don't even know what it is? <laughs> those are my balloons. Those are mine. I love it. <laughs> he reminds me a bit of the jerk in ways. Like he's just oh, kind of like yeah, so yeah. um dense. Maybe yeah, dense yeah. or just like I don't know. He definitely, when he fell into those chemicals, he lost uh, a little bit of uh, of himself, for sure. Yes, there's a few screws loose. I could use balloons. I could use balloons? Those were my balloons. <laughs> oh, man. So we get another great part here. Uh, beautiful, iconic scene where the Batwing flies up above the clouds and oh, settles yeah. at its peak right in front of the moon, showing a perfect bat symbol because the bat wing is just basically the bat symbol. And then it falls back through the clouds and down to the street level to shoot at the Joker and his thugs. My so goodness. My goodness. Beautiful. Yeah. You like you. You have to say fuck. Yeah. In that moment, you just have yeah, to. You do. Unfortunately, though. Joker pulls out the biggest hand cannon I've ever seen <laughs> and shoots the Batwing down. <laughs> that thing is so far down the leg of his pants. It just keeps coming when he's pulling it out. I know. Okay. Didn't like that as a kid. <laughs> Loved it this time around. Love like, it now. Yeah, love it. Now. How do you take the yeah. Batwing down? I guess with a yeah. gun like that, that would work. Yeah. So Vicky Vale gets to the crashed Batwing where the Joker finds her and takes her up to the top of a giant rundown cathedral. And Batman crawls out of the wreckage. He's pretty heavily damaged, but heads up Mm -hmm. to the top after them. He has one last henchman battle when he gets to, gets to the top. Um, very hilarious part where one of the henchmen tries to surprise attack him jumps at him from behind and then just ends up falling right through the floor because it's this rundown yeah. building. I laughed <laughs> out loud so this time. It's around. so good. Yeah. I laughed out yeah. loud. Really, really it's great. so good. <laughs> but it's now time, Dean, for the final battle between Joker and Batman. And this is where we get that great line that I mentioned earlier where Joker calls Batman an idiot and says, you made me. Like, why are you trying to stop me? You made me. Yeah. And Batman replies, I made you, you made me first. That's the line I love. That's the payoff for me is that Napier created him. I love that aspect. Great. It's so good. It works so well for this movie. Like it works so well to tie it up at the end here and tie up that this guy is the way he is because, because of this man in front of his face. You know, it's, it's so good. Yeah. Now, Joker is able to actually pull Batman and Vicky over the edge of the cathedral where they're holding on for their lives. Dean, I'm nervous. I'm nervous here. Joker nervous. jumps onto a ladder thrown down from a chopper he called for a few minutes earlier. 
but Batman is able to hook Joker to a cathedral gargoyle as the helicopter pulls into the sky and Joker is unable to support his weight and the gargoyle's weight and he eventually loses his grip, falls from the ladder all the way to the street below. All the way down. Then Batman and Vicky actually fall as well. I wasn't Mm -hmm. expecting that. Right, Um, yeah. Batman's able to save them, though, with his grappling gun. And we get a shot and we see that Joker is definitely dead at street level. Mm -hmm. He's crushed way through the, the pavement. Yeah. Then in a final scene, we get to see that Knox hits on Vale one last time. Of course. The city unveils the bat signal. It lights up the night sky. It's beautiful. Glorious. Alfred picks up Vicky with some champagne and says Master Bruce might be a bit late. And we see Batman standing on the edge of a building, looking up at the bat symbol and the end. Great. A couple things about the end. Ending on the bat signal, I think, is fantastic. What a great way to... Um, you know, you start your movie with, uh, a city that has Batman in it, but he's this myth. No one really knows about him. And then you end on him helping out everyone and the commissioner getting on board. You know, he's working with the police department now. They have a signal for him. Whenever there's something that's happening, they can turn on the signal and call him. I, I love that. I love that idea. Um, it works so well to have the signal at the end of this movie because it makes like total sense that it's the at, at the end of this movie. Um, and the other thing is the cathedral. I just, I think this is such a, a, a perfect uh, set piece ending to this entire movie that this Gothic cathedral is where we're going to have the final duel and we're going to climb all the way to the top. Uh, Batman's going to like, like there is actually an action scene getting all the way up there. Um, so it, it's, you get to go through all the levels, you get to the top, you get a bunch of battles, you're on the outside of it, you're hanging off the outside of it. I think it's sometimes like the big battle at the end can be a letdown. And I think in this movie, it's just as epic as the entire movie is because of the the sort of setting that they chose. Um, so I, I love this end 20 minutes, this entire thing. I think it's really exciting and keeps you moving. Um, it's a movie that's over two hours, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't drag here like it like it could possibly. It really just keeps the action going. Yes. I um, like that it was two hours. I normally push for the one yeah, and a half hour sure. mark. This movie yeah. did not feel like two hours. It felt like an hour. Everything was perfect. For sure. I wouldn't cut yeah. anything out of this movie. Perfect two hour movie. The yeah. cathedral, the cathedral that was actually built. That was a set they built. They built like a, I can't remember how big it was, but it was like they built a building um, for that. And I would say that in that final f- battle with the thugs, um, mm-hmm. there is one guy who kind of puts up a fight with Batman. So yeah. wh- where I've been saying Batman one punch KOs people and he's the toughest guy, doesn't encounter any um, adverse ad- adversity. He crash landed in a in a airplane basically and was super busted up. So that's the reason that he gets beat up a little bit here. It's not because this human is on the same level as him. It's because he crawled out of a burning plane crash and was, you know, 
he was already in trouble. He was, he was yeah. already, you know, he had already be, been severely damaged. So sure. This guy, maybe this toughest guy on the Joker's crew puts up a little bit of a fight. It wasn't even that much, but um, yeah. you know, again, I just love the idea that Batman was too powerful for anybody else in this movie because there was no other superhero in the movie other than him. Yeah, and they and they show that that he's hurt when he walks right into the cathedral and he kind of stumbles yeah. into a pew and then it knocks a bunch of pews over, the domino effect, which is just it's an amazing visual. It just like it looks great, it sounds great and and they also show you that he's not at 100%. He just fell into that on his own. Um so yeah, that one thug putting up a fight just kind of makes sense in that moment. Nice. Yeah, man, such a great man. movie. Do I love that movie? I love it. All right. Well, that's it. We're all done for this week. Everybody, uh, you can catch us again next week. That's the beauty of this podcast is that we just, we show up next week as well. We're always there. We'll do another one next week. All right, Dean, thank you for joining this week. Yes, Tim. Thank you. And thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Thanks for listening to the episode, everybody. We wanted to let you know if you'd like to show your support for Talking Back, then please check out our Patreon page where you can join one of our membership tiers and unlock bonus episodes and more each and every month. Or you can check out our page at buymeacoffee.com slash talking back where you can make a one-time donation of any amount or feel free to leave a positive review for us on iTunes. All three options are great ways to show your support for the show. That's it. We're done.